2: Welcome, pilots. You've tuned to the Guard Frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 261 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, recorded on Friday, May 17th, and made available for download Tuesday, May 21st, 2019, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm
3: Ken Shadow. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by T. Henry Wireless.
2: Right, Tony? That's right, Ken Shadow. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com.
0: You can also reach us on Twitter, at GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe
3: to our shows at feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything on Friday nights... Then you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv slash guardfreak.
2: Do you like what we do? Do you want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on the big Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber.
0: We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out.
3: And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority
2: One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO to the novels to the movies and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
0: Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get on with the
3: show. What have we got in store this week, T-Bone?
2: In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Dual Universe, and Avorion. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun.
0: Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Speed one, seven, five, Port Bay, hands-on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. In Elite Dangerous, we examine some space cadet solutions to the Kobayashi Maru and decide that accommodation for original thinking is not in order and look for a nice ruler to smack some knuckles.
3: In Star Citizen news, there is a shower of April reports that should hopefully bring a flowering of May
2: updates. And Dual Universe has got talent! Uh, So, uh, just a brief update, we kind of keep an eye on Dual Universe a little bit. They are introducing a talent system, which is a really, it's an MMO-type trope, right? I mean, you know... Smacks of Eve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they uh, time-gate your ability to accomplish certain things, and uh, after you grind out enough time or effort or widgets or whatever, you unlock certain abilities, and then you can go do those things, and you're... Your avatar character, whatever, is better at things now because you have unlocked these these things. So I, there that I uh, not. I mean, not a traditional space sim type thing, right? Where you're more tied to your gear than power ups for your character. But um, that's what they've decided to do. They made it. uh, They wanted to make sure everybody knew that they were going to be taking away some things from people that you could do prior to the talent update. So there were going to be some 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 nerfages, uh, apparently, but they were going to try very hard to make it additive so that you would you'd just be gaining stuff. Uh, and also that uh, with some server resets still to come and uh, iterating on the system, they were going to try to come up with a way to make sure that your progress would be accounted for somehow, whether it was giving... Respec tokens, or some other kind of equivalency, uh, that that your that, that progress that you uh, achieve during this uh, early stages of the uh, of the testing and the development would still be applied going forward somehow. So, kind of you know some given and some taken. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that they were introducing this sort of you know skill tree in, an, in, a, in a in a what was. Kind of advertised to be sort of a, sort of a space sim thing.
3: I mean, yeah, they've always been a little more, um, how to say, on the uh, Minecrafty edge. You know, the, yeah. right, the compared to a lot of the other ones that we have, right? Yeah. I mean, and like, I think mean, one of the big points they had was combat was kind of the last thing in their list, exactly. rather than the first.
0: Well, I, I'm I'm just curious to see if they've got wyvern uh, writing as a talent. Wyvern writing.
1: I was saving that hey, for well, when well, we well, talk well, about Avorian because <laughs> I have this new ship called the Quivering Wyvern and I was going to tell <laughs> Tony about building it.
2: Well, let's go ahead and talk about Avorion then, uh, because uh, that was, uh, it's, it's what we've been covering this one a little bit, too, here and there. I was telling Henry right before we went on air uh, about it, because uh, Brian had noticed that I have got my uh, uh, Enterprise-E Sovereign uh, model back here. It's actually my son Jim's, and I was borrowing it because I was building something in Avorion. Now,
3: I think we kind of just, we kind of we passed something up there. Uh, Henry, what is the name of your ship again in Avorion?
2: The Quivering Wyvern.
1: You are, know, you,
3: are you are you sure? That, that is a
1: weird coincidence. That's a Some, weird coincidence. There are people that actually pronounce it the quivering wyvern, but we don't know why. I think it's a British thing.
3: Well, because because that's the exact title of my "How to Train Your Dragon" fanfic.
1: That's actually where I got it. Actually, I was that reading sense. that on 4chan.
2: So anyway. Anyhow, so Avoria is <laughs> great. I've been really enjoying building a ship that I do not call the Quivering Wyvern. Or is the, Quivering the floppy Wyvern. rocket. <laughs> the floppy rocket.
1: I have one named the Floppy Rocket in Kerbal because it is in fact floppy, and every time I flop, fly it, I flop it.
0: Every time I fly oh. it, I think of Brian calling it the Floppy Rocket.
1: Because <laughs> if you build I mean, too long,
0: I mean, I mean, they wiggle a, in, you need in to the middle.
3: It. You need to capture a video of this because I, I want to see this.
1: Any Kerbal video will show you a floppy rocket, buddy. It's just the physics just, system in there; they wiggle a little. Just any old, yeah. just
2: any old floppy Put rocket. Put it together. What's gonna happen? You don't, you don't need to. You don't need to see Henry's. You could just go on the internet and find a find floppy a lot rocket whatever you want. Yeah, find.
1: you don't need mine. I mean, I could text you. you. Need,
2: <laughs> yeah, you could. I bet even even with Safe Search on, I bet you could find one. So, uh, can you might can I be sick before we continue, or? Uh, no, we could just move on right now. But, <laughs> well, um,
3: right, let's go back to Avorian. Yeah, tell yeah. us about your experiences, Tony. It's, funny. You
2: it, it, it's, it's not really a space sim. It doesn't space sim very oh, much, but not. you do. Well, it, well okay. Where does right. the so simulation
1: me... take place?
2: In space. Thank you, please. Jeez. All right. Yeah. Okay. And you do build your own ship, and you do upgrade it, and you do have to play the game to acquire. And, and manage and, crew. And, and that's awesome. You have to
1: manage the crew. I do like the crew mechanics. I love the crew mechanics.
3: Can we use the Jeff test on this? Can you use a flight stick?
2: Not that
1: I've discovered. I haven't. I mean, Fail. You're you're more you're yeah. you're driving a capital ship from the beginning. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a capital, capital ship. Thing. It would be like having a joystick on the Enterprise, and nobody ever thinks that's no. a good idea. No. Except no. No that's it. Yeah. That's it. yeah. And some dude named Freaks.
2: Yeah, it is a capital ship experience. You build your ship. You put turrets on it. You you, you have to add thrusters and inertial dampeners mm-hmm. and uh, shield blocks. And and there's a progression to it where you have to fly through space in order to acquire new technologies, uh, new materials to to get. I mean, is
1: that the primary difference between it and Space Engineers? The space Engineers is a different situation. It's more like dual universe. You're on the ground. You're building like your entire block. Or uh, a ship from scratch, and you can physically walk around it. This is all third person outside of your ship. You build your ship out of essentially b- so Lego more, blocks. it's more like
0: home, uh, uh, more like Homeworld.
1: Well, you only have. Well, you do have actually a fleet of ships. You can but, make a fleet too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I have. You can have like six ships or something before you start getting r- hitting limitations. Um, see,
0: see, my, my uh, contrary to popular belief, my criteria for space mean is not just a can, is it a flight stick. Will it but piss Henry per- off if you don't
1: like it? That's what you're right <laughs> <laughs> is it something no, you can it, argue it, with Henry it, about? It, it's,
0: it's more, uh, is it first person? Are you, are you interacting uh, with the consoles? Are you, are, are you in a simulation, pretty much?
1: So no man's sky qualifies, but Avorion is on the line. Kind of doesn't qualify. Yeah, I think um, that's, you, I think that's how it comes down. You can't convince
0: me about no more sky. Yeah, All right, well then, then that's will we'll comes down. We'll change the
1: criteria to include Avorion and exclude... No Man's Sky uh, when, Jeff yeah. uh, when, when Jeff says it's... Right. When Jeff says it's so. Yeah. so. When, when Jeff says We should include Vorion okay, okay. because it's a great game, honestly. And there are I a lot do. of great mechanics. That yeah. even in a deeper game where you're walking around your ship, like if uh, Dual Universe had their exploration mechanic, that would be amazing. The exploration in the game is really good. Um, yeah. From upgrading your ship to be able to detect new things in, in places you've already been to... Uh, uh, upgrading your drive to be able to jump further navigating around uh, unnavigable areas like uh, rifts in in space that you can't jump past you have to go around finding wormholes there's a lot of things to do and, and explore um, and you never know if it's gonna be friendlies or not where you go
3: I missed the show which this was talked about before um, this is an early access game right
1: yeah is there mm-hmm. any
3: multiplayer? Um, I haven't done yes. multiplayer
2: in it yet. There is. You
1: can. Ah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, you, but what, it, what it is right now is, is that it's a, it's a Minecraft-like model. Speaking of Minecraft models, uh, someone sets up a server, and then you join the, 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 the homebrew server, and then uh, the host sets whatever rules and, and conditions they want, and then you can jump in and do multiplayer uh, uh, that way. So you can do PvP, uh, they can set up neutral zones so that you can't do PvP, so it's a, you know, a friendly, uh, neutral environment. Um, yeah, there's, it's uh, for an early access game, it is very well fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had an update uh, yesterday, I think, some changes to the death mechanic. Uh, it was a little harsh before, uh, and, uh, and they made it a little easier. You don't lose your entire ship now. It, and there's some a, a rebuild tokens, and other things. Oh, thank goodness! Cause... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it was painful. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was a pain. It was a, it was a painful death mechanic. You got blown up, and the upgrades uh, that you attached to your ship would be ejected into space. Basically, you can go back and collect them if you could find the ship. Well,
1: see, here is the thing with that: it could be someplace towards the core, and you end up respawning back at home, oh, and yeah. then you don't have the resources to get all the way back you, where you were. And Damn. by the time you can get to where you were, you've got all your stuff back. So right. it's yeah,
2: it was bad. It was,
1: it was bad. Yeah, it was a
2: pretty harsh mechanic. Uh-huh. So they've 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 cleaned it up. Well, maybe we'll do a deeper dive later on. But uh, there was a topic in the pregame show here a while ago, so I thought we'd address it now. And I've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Jim's been my son. Jim's been working on it for quite a while. His friend set up a server and then shut it down again. So he was uh, uh, complaining about that. So I decided I'd take a look at it, look at it myself, and it's 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 pretty fantastic. So, uh, but we'll uh, we'll move on to our to the stuff that clearly falls within our space sim uh, uh, categories. I, uh, we, we missed Brian the last uh, last couple shows, so thought we'd bring him. We we truly have. So I thought we'd bring him in. And and there's been a couple of uh, Star Citizen uh, things. The April uh, updates came out, uh, and you you said you had a few highlights you wanted to go over there.
3: I do, I do. So yeah, they came out today. Um, I've I think I've caught up on all the shows and stuff. And so from the shows and the, in the report, I, I made a, a list of items that at least was interesting to me and maybe interesting to other to listeners. Um, first on the list is, so we all know about the Defender, the Defender got shown off on the um, uh, Inside the Verse and stuff with their, the gray box is finished or it's in gray boxing phase. It finishes the white box. I don't remember the I don't remember the the, the colors there, but it's in it's in, it, it defenders in gray box, but one that they had they kind of semi tease, but not shown directly is the prowler, which is the the first Tevaran ship, which is the other um, uh, the only other alien race that we don't have any stylizing for. Um, it's now it, its ship is now in gray box as well. Um, there was a tease in one of the. Uh, Uh, Weekly emails that had an image and people think that that's the Prowler cockpit, but they did talk about it actually in the report into the Prowler's now on Um, That That's an interesting ship. If people don't remember, that ship doesn't have any front windshield. It's got like some sort of projection system thing and it's a troop transport. And when it lands, the wings basically deploy shields for the troops to take cover as they're getting out of the ship. And so that's very different from a lot of the other designs, and it's the first of that alien race, and so it's a a cool new thing. Lots of AI improvements. It sounds like this last month, at least, was an AI sprint. And so a a lot of the report, both on the Star Citizen side and the Squadron 42 side, talk about... AI improvements, AI improvements to all sorts of AI pathfinding, uh, AI perf improvements, some of the calculations before were measured in milliseconds and now they're measured in microseconds. And so the amount of AI they can squeeze uh, squeeze into instances is is, uh, up by an order of magnitude now. Uh, they have new AI quest givers, including a new AI bartender that will, I guess will be in 3.6. They didn't explicitly say that. Um, he is an, he'll, he, he mixes drinks and stuff while he talks to you and gives you quests, which is part of the mocap thing we saw in uh, Star Citizen Live um, last week that they talked about that we're all also doing the mocap stuff that I had directed at, at CitizenCon.
2: I like how you dropped it. That I directed. Yeah, I that I
3: directed. Yes. It yes was two, so. There was two other guys, two or three other guys as well, and I'm sure they, their their, their um, directorial debuts were just as good as mine. But I did not I, I did not stick around to see theirs, so I cannot confirm that.
2: I mean, they had to follow you. So I mean, they, I was they, actually they, the
3: last one. But oh. I was. But but the um, the actors did say that I was their favorite. So that's go all can leave it like really- that. And um, so, okay, so some of the more interesting things, those are kind of very big topics. Um, the AI, they're, the, in addition to the AI improvements, they're going to start allowing AI to respond to certain service beacons. And for those of you who don't know, our service beacons are basically quests that players can create and, and drop in the universe. And typically these are things like, I'm getting attacked, you know, somebody come help me or you know I need an escort that kind of things and usually you can, I think you could attach some sort of voluntary figure to it people do it um, and then you, you you mark that they've done these things but up, up until now AI like NPCs cannot serve cannot respond to service requests starting in 3.6 AI will be able to, the, the AI would be able to respond to refueling service requests so if you're if you're out there and you run out of quantum fuel uh, halfway to wherever, and you need somebody to come refill you, you can you can spot a service beacon saying, hey, come refill me. And uh, I, I don't know how the costing will work, but an AI ship will fly out to you eventually and give you fuel. So um, they made fuel rats. They made AI fuel rats. Eventually, um, the player characters will be able to also respond to this. If
2: they um, have a tanker.
3: If they have a tanker, yeah, like a starfarer, but they don't. Um, they don't have the, all of those systems in place for three point six. So player characters cannot respond to these quite yet. So it'll first be NPCs only. The other thing they mentioned in terms of uh, AI and economy is that um, when they spawn articles in stores in the universe, each item will have a, like a manufactured location. Like you know, you, like uh, certain items or pri- like Hurston weapons are manufactured on Hurston. Right. And so um, the further you get from the manufacturer location, you know, stores are less likely to have those items. And the further you get away, the, the more they cost. And so they have what's called a travel tax. And so the, the further you get away from, from Hurston, the, when you buy a Hurston gun, the more you pay. So it's an incentivized to tr- fly around the universe to buy your stuff rather than simply buying everything in one location because you will pay a bit more
2: we hey let me stop you there just just, just for a second because we talked about how in apparently the game design now is going to be it's going to be uh, slightly painful to go between systems right you know between the quantum drive to yeah. whatever destination then you got to find the jump point then you got to go through the jump point then you got a quantum drive on the other side to whatever planet it is that tax is gonna have to be pretty significant for me to want to change it, that. They know, don't really tell you how it that.
3: scales and honestly I don't think they know quite how it's going to scale. I think that don't and I don't think why you're you know star citizen has its own version of the bubble right there are probably yeah. half a dozen systems that are that are relatively safe trade routes and like most stuff is made there so I think along, as long as you're there you're either gonna be able to find what you want at a reasonable price or you'll be able to find a version of it right like if I'm not at Hurston maybe I don't buy Hurston weapons but I'll be able to find a laser repeater that's just as good that's called something else right um, the problem when, when when you go like really far, like I'm in Banu territory, I'm trying to buy a Hurston gun, then you're going to be paying a much larger tax, right? And so for people that like to stay out in the black, uh, pirates, smugglers, those kinds of people, um, you're going to end up paying, and, you know, people that are that are on outposts and mining and stuff like that, you're going to pay pretty much high on everything because everything is manufactured further away from you. All right. I think that that's my take on it anyway, but they haven't really um the, the the examples they give are really um uh, minor and mm. apparently there's already 2300 sellable items in the game that you can buy in the the actual P- persistent universe right now a lot of those are probably colors of shirts and things but still
2: yeah well, I was gonna say <laughs> <clears throat> uh
3: har- harvestable tech updates this is a big deal and they have kind of mentioned this on um inside the verse and stuff like that or inside star citizen um so one of the big things that they're going to have going forward is that for for pretty much anything that spawns in the universe that has something inside of it, they use what's called a harvestable system. And like inside the verse, they literally show a plant with fruit on it. But the idea here is like if you have a pirate hangout and a chest spawns in a pirate hangout and that chest has a gun in it, that's the harvestable system as well. Uh, if you have a rock that spawns and then has ore inside of it, that's part of the harvestable system. If you're doing salvage and you, you know, a wing breaks off of a ship and then you go to that wing and you salvage metal out of that wing, that's part of the harvestable system. And so um, it, this requires a significant amount of uh, tech engineering on their side. And so it is a big step to getting some of those uh, secondary professions uh, working in, in, in the universe as well.
2: Just a quick question. So, I mean, loot boxes and, you know, sorry, loot chests are like in every game. Are they doing this from scratch? I mean, is it... That- no, they have been doing it from scratch,
3: right? Like, when you go to the, the pirate bases now, the the boxes always have the exact same thing in them. And then those boxes and the items themselves respawn. The, the idea behind the harvestable system is they can be procedurally generated or procedurally placed along with instances and things like that, right? So an asteroid can spawn, and you go harvest the asteroid. Unlike yeah. right now, the asteroid is placed either procedurally on their side, or you know, uh, manually by a developer.
2: I'm just thinking of playing Fallout, and like you know, I go to some locations, and sometimes it's got bulletin, and sometimes it's got meat. I mean, yeah,
3: they don't have that capability right now. This is oh. part. Of, this is something they're working on, okay. right? Yeah. Okay, and then well, exciting. Uh, exciting, yes. But I, I think I think that the, the big news here is that they're able to spawn new things and that you'll be able to harvest new things. And so, like I said, for salvaging, for some aspects of mining, et cetera, et cetera, it makes makes all of that tech more possible. Um, They also mentioned both in Star Citizen Squadron 42, a bunch of improvements on AI in terms of pathfinding, in terms of what they call AI precision movements, which for the sake of this conversation primarily means uh, AI ships flying in formation. And so we'll be able to see more enemies that aren't just like attacking us in a furball, but like you know, covering each other, flying together, doing uh, more complex maneuvers. Uh, hopefully, in the, in the near
2: near come patches. Well, they, you know, like the Velociraptors opening doors. Well, these yeah. are these are
3: supposed to be intelligent pirates, but oh, sure. Oh, okay,
2: okay, all right, good. They're it's learning. Not, it's not, it's They're not, learning. Okay.
3: It's not a. Uh, it's not little like alien tigers and stuff. It's like. Uh, <laughs> It's, right. it's like a mildly intelligent kindergartners flying auroras. Um, so one, th- th- this is actually not on the report. This was covered in Star Citizen live today. Uh, but one thing that was interesting was uh, one of the the backers asked about ship to ship docking and ship to station docking,
0: uh, and they
3: mentioned that like in the current system, it's not. It's just not possible. It's too compute intensive, and. Um, they mentioned that they have a new tech update. It's actually being written mostly by Chris Roberts, apparently, um, that changes all, the entire way that you associate entities with each other uh-huh. and that um, it'll be more interesting for them to inherit properties from entities that are attached to others. And so that once this basic tech gets updated, they'll be able to do things like, uh, like jocking, which will, will let you finally launch your Merlin from your constellation and things like that as well. Um, and I assume this will also help with a lot of the other weird things they have air er- errors because they have errors right now where if you like fly a motorcycle into like a Cutlass, close the door, then, you know, they, they have a lot of times with like, like maybe one out of 10 times the things start shaking out and, or maybe it'll clip out and things like that. And I, I'm guessing because of the way they're talking about this new and, and, and um, Object container inheritance model that it'll solve a lot of those
2: problems as well. I have now two questions. I'm glad okay. I, I'm glad you you brought this last thing up because now I have two questions. Number one, mm. how do we know Chris Roberts is programming this personally?
3: Because that's that what they up. said on the stream. It was Mark
2: okay. Aben, the Bug Smasher. Qu- qu- Question one sub A: Why is the CEO slash head noggin whatever the hell programming anything?
3: He has been doing that since the beginning. And I can actually personally attest to this, because I have seen, um, I've been at Bar Citizens and seen uh, their Slack conversations and things like that. And so uh, apparently he's extremely uh, active in their, you know, with their developers. And he was the first developer on the, the project as well, well, right?
2: Yeah, but, all right. But uh, it just I'll sounds move, like move. he should be yeah.
1: doing something else. It doesn't sound That's like probably, a CEO That might job. be true.
2: Yeah. That might be right. true, but you right. know what but we did. Again,
1: we did recently hear from a rather prestigious business magazine that it's not very well
2: managed. So, <laughs> well, who knows? Um, uh, and then uh, that's above the, my pay grade. Question, question, question. The second the whole the the docking thing. So we, uh, as things stand right now, the little sub fighters cannot be launched. Um, Right. Any ships
3: cannot dock. Like two entities cannot dock to each other, right? They right. have like a landing mechanic, right? Which apparently is different. But okay. The, the, the actual like docking is not something they currently. So
2: so until the, so until they get this working, you, they're, uh my snub fighter that's attached to my constellation ain't gonna work.
3: Yes, as well as many other features, because a lot of the ships have docking collars.
2: I'm just thinking back to the days of yore when I bought a Constellation package back in 2013. One of the cool things about it was that I had a fighter I could kick out of the back end of it and fly around it. And, you know, I'm just I'm I'm just so. All right. So. Chris Roberts is personally going to make sure that I can launch my fighter from the Constellation.
3: Yeah, yeah. It okay, was, that's it was the take-away. actually mentioned in the show. That's the takeaway. Because of Tony.
2: That's Right. So. Because of Tony, we're going to do and, and And next I'm waiting for the announcement that they're going to uh, revert this the weapons upgrade system back to the way it was when I first bought the Connie 2. I'm just waiting for that. I'm just I'm just holding my breath. I'm holding my breath waiting for that to happen, too. You All do right. that. Okay. Well, all right. So, uh, lots of stuff now. Now we were gonna, I was, we're gonna segue into Elite Dangerous here, but this, the tease that we gave up front, apparently, uh, in our pregame conversation, Brian, there is a parallel concern, bracket concern, going on in Star Citizen. So I thought right. maybe you you could you could talk about that for a second, and then we could segue that very very cleanly into the so Elite Dangerous the- discussion.
3: One of the mentions in Inside the Verse this week is them changing their network model. Um, the current system is what's called a uh, uh, client authoritative model, and the idea there is that the client has the majority of the responsibility for determining um, player location. So um, the, exa- the example would be, you know, if I'm if I am going to move from A to B the server says uh position a and the person and and, uh, where you are and then where you're going and b and it doesn't tell you all the little points in between and that cuts down a lot of the the network traffic for it and but the thing is is that it can update you however it wants in the middle with whatever frequency and like change the tweening and so um that ended up with with two impacts that were undesirable from like a video game point of view um number one which is the the one most people see is that I have bad network traffic, and I've told the I've told the server I'm going to be A, B, C, whatever. If if I'm not if if it cha- if it if the updates I'm getting to you are not frequent enough, I just teleport. I don't right. actually tween between the two of them. Right. And then and so from a uh in, in, in people will see this in uh, the. Uh, FPS combat like I'll be shooting at you and all of a sudden you disappeared and I and I never I even though I thought I hit you I didn't actually hit you because your your network is not registering at the same position and so In um, that the, the secondary effect though is that you can cheat and that you will be able to uh, Modify in, in and there's no I'm not sure there's any evidence that people are quite doing this in Star Citizen yet I'm not sure there's real a lot of motivation to um, but yeah, you can you can intentionally starve the, the the server of updates or give it false updates to make it move around. In theory, it should be able to at least validate part of that. But but regardless, but you can change. it's client
2: cheat. authoritative. So I mean, the server is waiting for you to say something. The yeah. waiting for the and then the change
3: something. is to make it server authoritative where I'm giving you basically key, key, giving basically key presses to the server in, in effect, and the server is moving you and then telling this client where I am. And so the only reason that you'd ever seen by teleport around is if you have really crappy internet. And so instead of you affecting everybody, you're just screwing yourself.
2: All right. So the the the, the upshot of that is that the the switch is from something where the the players themselves sort of have the ultimate say or you know the the uh, the final word in how the game operates and how uh, players interact with each other. We're now Star Citizen is now moving that to the server side as, as a uh, more potent referee uh, between the different uh, activities that all the different players that are connected to the server are uh, partaking in. So that move uh, is, and the side effect of that, of course, is uh, prevention of cheating. Perhaps the primary reason is a different or better gameplay experience, but it also makes it more difficult to spoof uh, the server and your fellow players contrast that with a giant reddit post that uh, I came across this week on the Elite Dangerous subreddit where essentially there are, uh, or is currently a at least one, I think two, that's what they said uh, two hacks that are kind of making their way out there that appear to be able to, according to the report uh, let you uh, have infinite shields ultimate uh, infinite ammo you can teleport around a system instantly without going into supercruise. You can uh, uh, spawn cargo. I think no, maybe not spawn cargo. Uh, basically, unlimited cargo. Uh, you know, instant cargo. Uh, all these things, which uh, basically they're just cheats. Uh, and the little program that you have running has sliders. Uh, you can uh, uh, turn toggle things on and off. You can set tolerances. It's, there's, it's very, very granular what you can do to uh, update your ship and, uh, and get around the grindy, tedious gameplay that we all know and love as League Dangerous. So the biggest problem that I think that I uh, noticed on this is that the initial reports uh, of this went to Frontier back in December of 2018. This... Program this this hack, the one that they were using as an example, um, has been around for nearly six months now, and the response from Frontier has been pretty much nada, according to them. Hasn't that happened Maybe before with going... them with cheating? Well, the, and this goes back to what Brian was talking about—that Elite Dangerous has always been a client authoritative. Model. It's a peer-to-peer system essentially. The server matches you with people around, and then it's up to those players to decide how the universe works amongst them. Uh, The server authenticates things for, like, for example, the background ticks, uh, moving cargo from point A to point B, uh, updating your elite ranking uh, with your kills and all that kind of stuff. But as many people uh, know, you don't; those things don't update till you dock, right? You know your your bounties uh, uh, don't uh, aren't you can't turn in bounties unless you're at a dock. You turn in cargo at docks. Uh, if you get blown up and you respawn at a different dock, your bounties are gone. Well, that's an update as a function of you being at the dock, right? So it these uh, the client authoritative model that uh, that Elite is uh, designed around uh, allows this sort of thing to happen and probably prevents them from effectively addressing this. The fun thing that I saw about this is it seems to be that it's taking advantage of the engineering system. It appears that those sliders and all those things that they can uh, attack uh, attack on and attach to, a lot of that is engineer stuff. You know, the DPS of a weapon, the uh, capacity of a shield, your heat generation, uh, all that stuff appears to be engineer uh, uh, features. So it looks like they've piggybacked away onto that system to be able to... Um, cheat. Uh, and the the lack of activity or uh, addressing the situation, I think, is, is causing a lot of frustration, even to the point where people have reported these things. They've submitted whatever evidence uh, uh, that they can, and, and uh, the response is on an individual level, not from a programming level. Like, you know, the, the architecture may prevent them from effectively addressing some of this stuff. But even when the individual cheaters are reported, you get... Uh, apparently, a three-strike system where you get a one-day ban to the solo. You can't log into private groups or uh, open. Then, if you, on your second offense, it's like a three-day ban to solo. And you're on your third offense, it's a one-month ban to solo. They're not even canceling accounts for this stuff.
3: But if you can, if you just play in solo, right? What's the the problem? Why is, not?
2: The problem is, and this goes back to the other design ofly dangerous. You can affect the background simulation even in solo. If you can, so, if you can carry infinite cargo and you can bounce straight to a, a space station that's five thousand light seconds out, you're doing. You're running cargo all day long.
3: Exactly. Okay. So okay. So you're saying if I want to go buy like a fifteen dollar account, cheat my ass off. To hell if I get banned. I can make the. I can make my organization like way better and like bump all of my my rep up and all my stations.
2: Yeah, you could do that. Sure. Yeah, if you uh, if, if you wanted to do that. But they're not even banning you. It's just it's just yeah, it's just temp- yeah, it's it's bans to solo. That's all it is. So, uh and it may be, it, I mean, and again with the with the with the model they have here cuz this is all Amazon web service stuff, right? That's all matched behind the scenes Frontier may not have a really effective way to look at that traffic if it's handed off to Amazon. You know, they may not be getting the kind of granular updates that mean I moved to point A. I moved to point B. I fire 16 times. I've my ammo has been depleted by 16 shots. These things got struck here. They may only have like uh, when they go into debug mode or something like that. When somebody submits their crash file or something, that may be the only time they get that stuff. They may not have server records of, of uh, you know, a shield strike being 100% effective or 50% effective. You know, that, those things may not be transmitted uh, to Frontier's possession. So uh, – and I think that's probably what the compromise is on the banning is that, yeah, you can get a video. I can I can record a Windows video of, of somebody not losing a ring of shields even though I'm pouring however many pounds of ammunition into it. But they can't prove that it's cheating, right? They could just have a really, really powerful shield and you know, a lot of boosters or whatever. So I think this is this – is, some architecture updates may be necessary in elite if they want to prevent this from happening uh, or at least something a little more aggressive on the detection angle because it, that, that it it's pretty blatant. It's and it's, it's been out there for six months. The guy that put the post out there is a, is one of the smiling dog crew. Um, but he's also a very active poster and somebody who's a uh, very, uh, very free with his knowledge he is always very helpful to people trying to answer questions and figure stuff out. So he's he's got a certain amount of credibility and he posted screenshots of these uh, of these hackers Discord channel and uh, all this kind of stuff. So it's very credible. It's very disturbing and Frontier's silence on this issue is is uh,
3: uh, angry. it sounds like it sounds like they should have enough log data to start flagging people at least right yeah i mean like for instance if you're getting from if, if, if you're you're in if you're in ship type x right and you got from the, between these two locations in less than you know half the time it should have taken you you get stuck in a list or something like that
1: right
2: yeah, yeah but see that should be
1: doable everything that you're talking about is doable but It's going to take somebody sitting down and like writing that code and that's their project for a while. That's not something that's going to happen in a second. And it's like anything else. they got to devote resources to it. As long as it was quiet and it wasn't such a big deal, they probably didn't care as much. Now everybody's talking about it. Obsidian even did a video about it. Everybody's talking about this right now. And they're not going to be able to sit on it anymore. The idea of them saying, show us a video and we'll take care of it, I remember them get, getting busted for not watching those videos. I remember that happening like a year or two ago. Yep. And I don't remember what came of that other than everybody was pissed off and it was proven Nothing. that they weren't watching the videos. So, I, you know, they can say what they want. I don't think they're really going to do much about it unless they were already devoting resources in that direction anyway. I well, play in uh, private group because my friends aren't going to be jerks.
2: So it works out for right. me. But again, but I mean, this this if we're gonna do the background simulation, right? For, for our little faction, someone who is a jerk can get in solo and ins- instantly teleport places and you know flood our market with slaves or something, right? Some, yeah, that's true. Some some commodity that makes uh, that uh, the smuggles that influences uh, reduces our influence or whatever. So I mean, it's it's something that because of the design of the system, because of the design of the background system, both the client authoritative uh, uh, peer-to-peer networking and how you can log into solo and still affect the background simulation, that design right now is is incompatible with fully fair gameplay, as far as I'm concerned. So, but it'd be nice to see some announcement or some uh, just an address from Frontier on this that. This is our plan to address it. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some resources. Ken's shadow suggestion is very good. I mean, that that is a very clear indicator because if those updates do happen when you dock, you know, someone who should take five to ten minutes to fly five thousand light seconds, whatever it is, if they're teleporting there, that should be readily right. apparent and but easily that, straight. That, from that,
3: the that data has to be there for the B.
2: Yeah, for that one, uh, you know, shield hits maybe not. You know, right. it, it, you, can that, that was, you can solve what you
3: can solve. when or when you can solve them. Commander Watherspoon points out in chat that you can run bots this way as well.
2: Right? That was another. Yeah, that was another point. One there too is because if you don't need to pilot, right? If you don't have to actually uh, orient your ship with a joystick, you can just instantly uh, teleport there. Then yeah, that's uh, making a bot. That's something I. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't play. I don't play power play, so I was never curious about this anyway. But if yeah, that was always I I was like, how do you get the thing to fly? How do you teach the thing to fly? You don't have to. You just drop them into the system, drop them into the uh, 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 planetary instance, the planetary zone, and you're done. You know, and, and it just the you hit the auto dock button. You know, that's that's just key presses. Uh, changing to the audio uh, hailing and then changing the auto dock system. It's just key presses. So, right. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, you jump in already oriented to the ship, uh, already oriented to the station, right? Your, shi- your, sta- your ship jumps in, you're already pointed at the station. Fire thrusters for 30 seconds at full power, you're within the hailing range, hail the system, hail the, the dock, zero throttle. The, the, the docking computer grabs you, you dock, S- sell your items or whatever, and then out, you know, out the door you go. So, yeah, it's it's uh, this needs to be uh, addressed, I think course, now that we say this, they could spoof it so they could just put a timer clock in there to avoid what you just des- uh, described, Ken Shadow. They could just say, delay five minutes or something, so then they'll, you know, just they'll program the bot with that. Uh, you know, a five-minute delay right. to account for uh, a super cruise.
3: Well, there, I mean, there, there's there's multiple factors here. You're going to be playing whack-a-mole no matter what. Yeah. The fact that Frontier doesn't have a guy, you know, yeah. already. Have a guy. Yeah. You didn't have a guy. You know, why aren't they already playing whack-a-mole? Why? Why is yeah. this taking so long? That's the concerning part.
2: Yeah. Well, and to Henry's point, they said, "Oh, we're taking care of this before." I mean, so we need that. We need a little more this time than just, "Oh, we got a guy working on that." We need. We need, you know, Temba. His arms wide on this one here,
1: and we want uh, to know what happens to the guys that have engineered modules that they cheated for.
2: You know, uh, those guys—they serve their time or their whatever, and they are—they're already back. They had their engineered models taken away from them and some credit balance thing done, but you know,
1: they're not uh, able the, to continue hey, to do that with the exploit. Though that's what I'm saying, isn't that ongoing?
2: This is different. That's a different thing. I think they fixed the exploit but the people that were doing the exploit I don't think got kicked hmm. I mean they they had some they had a they had a, a slap on the wrist
3: they but, got their stuff taken
2: yeah Commander Harry Potter's still out there you know I mean he's still and he was one of the he was one of the offenders but I mean and that's the that's the trade-off too is that some of the people that were doing it are very prominent members of the community that make emergent gameplay and like you know do this, fun this things. Is, eh. this is worse than that though I mean they I were agree, they yes. were still
3: playing within the game. And they right. were exploiting the game, but it's not like they were necessarily running a third-party client to modify their their values, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And and this – like I said, this, this – and Henry's point earlier, this is sort of escalated uh, their prior – Frontier's prior behavior does not inspire confidence that this will be addressed in – uh, in, a, in an efficient and effective manner so we're gonna need more this time than their usual platitudes where right? we need to see some more but I've saved the worst part for last uh, this is this part galls me even even the worst uh, are, you, are you ready for this yeah. guys this is I, 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 I'm ready I, this I'm, is the buildup that hack that they that they displayed uh, that they took screenshots of with all the sliders and buttons and things for granular customization of your gameplay experience. You can customize your HUD colors. Those bastards. You can you can like choose what color your radar display displays enemies and stuff like that. Like you can just pick. It's not it's not even that numbery slider thing where you have to like. That's in the game. No, that's in the. No, hack. that's
1: in the hack tool that you use to break the game and cheat. They have a customization tool that belongs in the game,
2: but Frontier doesn't have. But they have. Oh hacked my it. god! But Isn't that awesome? It. That is awesome. That's the part that galls me the most is that the, the hacker, the hackers have figured out how to customize your radar colors and all the other kind of it stuff. It just entices
1: good pilots to do that without, you know, necessarily wanting to be a part of the cheating. But then they would get it anyway, and then they'd end up cheating because they'd have the, it. At, they'd use it for their HUD, and then they'd be like, "But I don't want to grind more stupid engineer blueprints. I don't want to do that today."
2: And then you just kind of, then you just tweak a setting, and then I'll, you know, I, exactly. I mean, and you the, would, the, the, but I have
1: a conscience.
2: <laughs> a lawyer. I, I don't want to go on the parts of the internet where this <laughs> thing probably resides. I'm not interested in in, in googling those areas. Uh, if you want to search for a quivering wyvern, uh, you go right ahead. Or a quivering wyvern, uh, you go right ahead to those parts of the internet to do that. You're welcome, Brian. Uh, so we're uh, <laughs> so, but yeah uh, this needs to be addressed um, you know I, 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 I unload on certain other video games where they do things that displease me and I thought it was only fair that I uh, uh, exp- uh, expound upon some displeasures uh, in, a, in, in, the, in the other video game we cover so anybody else got um, more, to, more to say more to discuss we're almost to 50 minutes again that was because Brian's list of Star Citizen stuff
1: was nine thousand items long. <laughs> there was a lot. Of things it was,
2: items. Like, it was a dozen.
1: the list We've was more complete him, than the
2: game. We've missed him, though. Yeah, i giving so him a so hard time. I, yeah, yeah, so I, 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 <laughs> let, I, let, I gave him some room to run, and I'm glad he got the last one out because I got some digs in. So I mean, hey, you know, it all worked out good. It all worked out for the best. Okay, buddy,
0: what's on your mind? We're all friendlies, so let's just be friendly.
2: Some say he has the nickname Pierre, and that he's well known for being dehydrated. But what I know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Well done, sir. Pierre. Love it. And, uh, he he does say blame Werchol for this one. So uh, okay, Werchol. Yeah,
0: well done. Blamed. That was cool.
1: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: Recap of last week's community questions: Are you going to be getting on the bus and tinkering with your AX ammo? And do you think we're finally getting some hint of exploration coming to us at CitizenCon? Sean Newboy writes in, Community question two,
1: I
2: really hope so. Wonderful show, everyone. And in general feedback, Alec Turner writes in and says, Just noticed this in the patch notes for tomorrow's Elite Dangerous update. Quote, Cockpit cracking effects are now triggered on the new thresholds, meaning that they appear at the correct time. So I guess... And then he puts in the command for our Valus bot in our Discord. In this instance, Tony is right because the uh, I was right. The, they messed up. They messed with the uh, the uh, cockpit integrity numbers, and now the thresholds are all screwed up because they changed the threshold number. So, but they have to go back in and fix them now. And apparently, they're all wampus because their cockpit at 50% is now going off when it's actually at 75%, and they're gonna have, they're going to have to do something else too. So.
3: Rebel writes in and says, "Good show, thanks." Even when he hasn't said anything, Tony is wrong.
2: <laughs> how would you know? I talk all the damn time. How, how would anybody know if I was being silent and wrong? Uh, speaking of me being wrong, uh, Ken from Chicago writes in, and and regular listeners of the show will know that Ken from Chicago is a frequent contributor to the feedback loop, and we value his comments and read them uh, uh, frequently, uh, and. This time he has taken it upon himself to write a substantial amount of feedback. So substantial that he wrote his feedback and then wrote a condensed version of the same feedback, which is still too long for us to read in its entirety on the air. So, uh, to, in order to capture the maximum flavor possible of him just socking it to me, uh, in, in, a, in a friendly and wonderful way, as, as Ken always does, uh, I have uh, requested my fellow co-hosts to pick their favorite. Uh, Ken from Chicago beating up on Tony Point. There were six in total. We're only going to do three of them. So, but rest assured, these are the three favorites of uh, my three uh, my three co-hosts. So, uh, without further ado, uh, gentlemen, uh, please uh, begin.
0: After weeks, perhaps even a month, of riding high, basking in the sun, doing multiple victory laps, for weeks on end, hashtag TonyWasRight must end not with hashtag TonyWasWrong, but hashtag TonyWasWrong, wrong, wrong. How wrong was Tony? Let us count the ways. Jeff said, due to Star Citizen's massive scale, coverage will always get major attention. Tony said, no, this is Forbes, a major news mag for non-gamers. That's why this article gets the big buzz. Number one, Tony was wrong. How do we know? Kotaku and even Escapist got major buzz for doing in-depth articles on Star Citizen that got a lot of buzz and coverage, using quips from their articles. Also, Jeff was right.
2: Oh, hashtag Jeff was right. Okay. Okay.
0: Also, hashtag Jeff yeah, was right. Yeah.
2: Hashtag yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you know, hashtag Tony was right and wrong. You, know, you got to you know, give yourself the hashtag too. There. I just uh, okay. All right. Uh, in the circles that uh, that uh, Space Sims run in, uh, those uh, the Kotaku thing and the Escapist thing did get a lot of extra play, uh, but I think the echo chamber is a lot bigger when it's Forbes creating the echo chamber.
0: I I, I, see, and I think you're totally wrong because... I know that. uh, Because, you know, the thing of it is, is that Forbes is associated with a certain kind of people that are probably, for the most part, not gamers.
2: Right. Uh, You know how I know the echo chamber is bigger? Because the American Bar Association retweeted the Forbes article.
0: That means absolutely nothing. It means the echo
2: chamber... the echo chamber is a lot bigger.
0: Well, no, I can get as many. I could get as many off of uh, PC Gamer. That crowd. Well, it's just probably a, a bigger, if or as big or not bigger. Why did the Amer- Why did the Bar Association retweet the Forbes article?
2: That is a fantastic question, and I wish I knew the answer. It's to.
3: not. It's not even a an article about legal matters. Nobody even disputes legal matters in the article.
1: You know what it is. Mm-hmm. They know Tony does a show. All lawyers know Tony. So Right. Yeah, I love it. I'd love to believe. I would love to believe that's true.
2: But
3: there, there, this is going to come back to you it, when you're and when uh, they you get picked for the Supreme Court and they have to. Uh, <laughs>
2: oh God, there's no way. Are you kidding? With with three with 300 hours or you know 600 hours worth of however much guard frequency there is. Hey, when I ran for state senate, my little dinky Kansas state senate office, my campaign manager was worried sick about something in a it, she knew that there was going to be something in a podcast i'm like seriously all this time no she said gonna Hitler go, like a chipmunk <laughs> yeah whatever <you> know? <laughs> she was so worried and i told her man there no one's going to want to listen to like 300 hours most of this stuff
3: hilarious confirmation hearing ever i'm saying yeah
2: <laughs> yeah mm, no All right. All right. So, uh, point in dispute. There we go. Moving on. So, uh, leave Henry. Henry, you're going to take the next one, I think.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to actually continue on where Jeff was because he's got a good point and I'm going to go kind of another way there. Um, he continues. Tony said to non-gamers, Star Citizen is vaporware and the only counter CIG has is to release Star Citizen or Squadron 42. So this is number two. Hashtag Tony was wrong. How do we know? As the resident IT tech, Jeff can confirm that Vaporware is merely a concept that is promoted as a product, but never released. It is a specific thing, be it games, applications, even hardware. Example, the Theranos Medical Kit, mentioned by a feedbacker. However, the alpha versions, plural, of Star Citizen has been released for years. We just got 3.5 version released last month, so no Star Citizen is most definitely not Vaporware. So this is this is my feeling on that. Okay, one Tony, uh, you know you were it's they kind of called the article out for kind of uh, using like buzzwords and things and saying vaporware mm-hmm. seems inflammatory, because oh me yeah, inflammatory? because look, no, I don't do that. Vaporware means it has been abandoned. All right, it's been abandoned. They're yeah. not working on it. It is vapor. It's okay. been abandoned. So one, you're wrong because it hasn't been abandoned. They're definitely still taking okay. money for the thing. They haven't abandoned <laughs> it. They're getting paid. Two, they're, they're working on it. I've seen stuff. So, it's not abandoned. It's okay. not vaporware. But, you know, I'm going to say right here that uh, Ken from Chicago is wrong also. Saying that an alpha has come out and it's up to alpha 3.5 means it's not vaporware. If they stop that alpha 3.5, it becomes vaporware, dude. You know? It's, it's not finished. And vaporware has been abandoned. And that could happen at any time if the money stops flowing in. If Jeff drops his subscription, how is Chris Roberts Roberts going to pay his girlfriend to do crazy advertising? Hold on, like, hold on. You know well, what let's I mean? let let let's let's be <laughs> hey, hold clear. On. She's married. Oh okay. yeah, my they're bad. Married. they're married again. That's right. I forgot about the stalker thing. I listened to sorry. the soap okay. opera 2 weeks ago.
2: <laughs> it, that was crazy That was, was low-hanging <laughs> fruit. That was low hanging fruit. That is, yeah. uh,
3: hold on, hold on. Something that's released and then abandoned is called Abandonware. Right. Vaporware. Vaporware is never released. So it will never be. Vaporware. Exactly. It Here's what I'm saying. Abandoned
1: it wouldn't. It's not been released. You can't call alphas and things released, man. It's not. I if don't. they stop working on it, it becomes. Yeah, it's abandoned OK, we can talk about that. But, yes, it's still vaporware if they leave it alone. I mean, it's not being it didn't become a thing. You know, it didn't become a thing. And Alpha is not a released game that you can say it's past this checkpoint where it's not gonna be vaporware. We don't have to pretend that it's finished. It can still be awesome. You know, and we don't have to argue over these words. It, it really I have been yeah. um, you yeah. know, both both guys I think are wrong. I think Tony's use of the term was inflammatory, which is his deal sometimes and we no, love him for it. That's all right. But no, you don't. I think I think <laughs> Ken from Chicago um, you know, should probably think about that, too. Like, it's not released. There's every right to be critical of it. Um, but, yeah, dude shouldn't be so inflammatory. Bad Tony.
0: Well, bad, bad. Tony, you... No, no, I'm not going to say it because... <laughs> you wanted to. Henry, you ignorant slut. What? No! <laughs>
1: That's horrible. I'm going to mute Jeff because I'm in control of the stream. <laughs> it's harsh. <laughs> it's harsh. No. <laughs> no,
0: the thing the thing of it is, if you go... If you go if you look at the the number of people that are following this, that are in the spectrum that are are playing, I mean, really playing three point five, and they're eagerly waiting the next release because we they know that the the product is coming to some fruition. You can't define this as vaporware or even abandonware. In fact, I don't think you can define it. If, you,
1: if they stopped working on it, it would become that. That That's was my point.
2: That's a fascinating point, Jeff. You're right. And That's that exactly
1: good. my point. I said, they're so, still working, well, dude. Hold on, hold well, on. Hang on. Star no, no. Citizen,
3: at this point, because it has a game that you can play and, and it's getting regularly updated, is the textbook definition of an early access game a la, you know, Steam, right? Like that game that you just talked about, with the, I forget the name already. Of Orion. They're doing regular updates to that game, right? It's not a complete game, right? So it is an early access game, however you, know, you okay, want to define it. So,
1: uh, let me stop you okay. there. If they stop working on the thing and it never gets finished, then it sucks also. Like, I'm not going to stand there and say, well, I like Avorion, so it's okay for them to do it. There's no double standard here. That I'm not, would be I'm, not, common, I'm not saying either you know. way.
3: I'm just saying it's it's bad to call it vaporware.
1: I'm not. Well, that's what I said. Everyone's agreeing yeah. with me, but they're, like, disagreeing with me. It's exactly Everyone what I said. Everyone except me. You know, your, your agrees, use of the term was inflammatory. Fine. I think you can't call it vaporware until they've abandoned the thing. Call it abandoned air, whatever you want. I don't care. But you can't call it that until it's been abandoned. But, but you're Things speculating are that, out.
0: that this is going to come.
1: I'm not speculating that it will happen. I think it'll come out. I think it might take 10 years. I'm just saying that if it was abandoned, that's what it would become. I'm not saying All that right. it's going to
2: be. You know, it, they might. Scene. <laughs> and seen. And see. Okay, so. All what we're saying, what, what we've what we've got here is that Ken from Chicago writes good feedback, and it generates a lot of discussion. So, well done on that one. I want we're gonna we're gonna close out this part of it, and then get to Brian's, which I'm sure will be just as brutal. But let's just take a step back. Jeff, do you remember back in the day when we talked about this very, very early on in the show? When we talked about defining alphas and betas. Right. Do you remember how we defined alpha and how
0: we defined beta?
2: Well, that I'm not. Yes, I
0: do, but I'm not okay. so sure that this qualifies anymore. Exactly,
2: because the definitions have changed. It used to be that we would call alpha feature complete and then beta content complete. That's how we used to call these things. We used to say alpha is the point where you have got all the systems in the game, but they are not to a 100% polished state, and you still need to iterate on the basic systems. The beta stage is when the... Alpha has done and polished, you've got the systems in and they're working as intended, and they have been iterated upon and they're happy. And then the content comes when you fill in the artwork and you got all the aliens in and you got all the systems and you got all the flavor and all the text and all the all the stuff that fills in the gaps and makes it turn into a universe. This game has does nothing has turned that all upside down. Mm-hmm. Even to the point of early access going to the avorion thing, avorion has all of its systems in. Uh, there is the exploration mechanic there is the building mechanic there is the uh, 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 uh coloring you can you know change things in different colors you can uh, you can crew your ship you can pr- uh, uh, fire people you can i mean all the stuff's there well it's just that you, they you don't could have almost all say the, the same colors.
0: thing about Star Citizen because uh, can you salvage? Can you repair? Can you mine? Can Thank you you, no, my god No, no, that, no. no. That, that's a feature that's coming in the future. Right. So but that's it's his not point. feature
2: complete. That,
0: that the, was the game was not
3: feature complete.
0: So, again, Ken,
2: brilliant feedback and this and this this discussion we're having that wraps up everything that we've done for the past five, six years. Brilliant. So, Brian, your turn.
3: <clears throat> Tony said, marketing for SIG isn't that hard. Hashtag Tony was wrong. How do we know? Wait, this wasn't discussed last week, was it? Yes, this is a belated catch on Tony's wrongness from two weeks ago when the Forbes article (laughs) first broke and went all up in Chris Roberts and Sandy Gardner's business. Or at least the history outside of SIG. Tony said it was important to know the chief of marketing had earned her job. Brian said, look at at... Star Citizen's massive success as the number one crowdfunding product as a success at her job. Tony said, how hard could it be that, that it's really only pitching a video game as exclusive golf club membership that no one else has replicated in video games? In other words, Tony's argument is in fact the best evidence that not only doubts about her getting her job done as head of marketing are unwarranted, but that she is a marketing genius, able to do what no one else has done. Also, hashtag Brian was right.
2: I, 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 you ended strong there. You ended strong. That's good. That's good. I, look, uh, the marketing thing has not been replicated, but my contention is that, number first off on the qualifications part, she was trotted out as qualified, and some of the things that they told us about her qualifications turned out not to be entirely true sure. so there's some false representation there all right yeah. so that's why hmm so okay so there's that we're gonna set that one aside because that gets into the history stuff which isn't necessarily but I don't think anybodys the point is that. yeah no it, it, this, is, this is these are the facts so the net, but the to the point of of getting the job done and why it hasn't been replicated yet it's I to my in my view in my view it's because it's not a sustainable model except if you have a Chris Roberts figure and you have the nostalgia factor that goes along with his, his titles that he uh, uh, published before. Someone did write in uh, about Richard Garriott's uh, Shroud of the Avatar. That is a prime example. But the scale on which that happened is orders of magnitude lower than what Star Citizen has done not only the scale of the total fundraise that they did, but also the size of the packages are, an or, are at least an order of magnitude lower. Do they have any five-figure packages for Shroud of Avatar?
3: No, but but they didn't, but there they weren't five-figure packages starting out for Star Citizen either.
2: There was a $15,000 completionist package for Star Citizen from day one. It
3: was not in the beginning. That wasn't, it wasn't introduced until that was, I, I actually know so the guy who completion. requested that be added to the game. Uh, it was about uh, eight months in, six months in, something like that.
2: Okay. Maybe it wasn't from the beginning, but it was awfully close yeah. to the beginning. I mean, they, they, so. Star
3: Citizen did do things that that, that shot of the her never could, right? Like, you can't... Yeah. When, they, when Star Citizen first started, the idea was you bought a package and you got a single ship, and that was the general idea. And then yeah. they started selling the ships individually, um, which was, at, at, you know, combined with some of the... Uh, as Tony put out, the exclusivity things are the primary reason Star Citizen is such a big thing today because people bought all of them. In Shroud of the r they didn't find a monetizing model that was appropriately equivalent. And they, they they're selling a- They didn't have Chris play.
2: Roberts and Wing Commander.
3: They, well, they had Richard Garriott. Richard Garriott, in my opinion, is almost more name friendly. I was a huge fan of Ultima Online, et cetera, um, and you know, all the Ultima series. but but And, and they worked the same- damn company and had the same say they the same number of boxes. Yes. but my point is, is is that their marketing model for shot of the avatar well again this is just an example there's others out there um they did not find a way to make it as attractive or as uh you know pokemon-esque uh to to drive up their numbers right it was it was more like a handful of whales would buy the stuff and then they would move on. They still do that, by the way. They still have, you know, their meet and greets that cost money and things like that. And they still get their whales to to pitch money. But again, Shroud of the Avatar is a much smaller uh, earning game and much smaller scoped game.
2: And it's out.
1: I'd like to make one quick point that I think people were dancing around a little bit. You know, the game, the marketing has been a complete success and Brian started to go here. It's been, the marketing has been the successful thing that happened, right? So, if anybody should be questioned, it shouldn't be the lady that's doing the marketing. I get that it's easy to maybe attack her because maybe her qualifications weren't in line, or for whatever reason, you know, because there was a personal relationship, you want to question it. But when you look at the performance, who cares? The lady pulled that part off. Everything else at the company might be suspect. Maybe, I don't know. But this happened and worked out. So... The lady did a great job. If, you know, her relationship got her the job, that's the kind of thing that happens in, in corporations. And I don't know that that's illegal, Tony, nepotism. I don't know.
2: You know, maybe it's it not is. Nepotism is not illegal. It sucks, I company. guess. You know, it's know. upon. It's,
1: I, I lost a job to somebody's son. You know what I mean? That sucks. I worked there for 16 years. I hate nepotism. But yeah. at the same time, this lady's doing the job. If she wasn't doing the job, I could see us giving her shit. But she's doing the job. You know they've made more money than any game, and they haven't even finished it yet, and people want to talk
0: about it because it's marketed. I think she's doing a great job. I want to. I want to read this one paragraph from Ken because I think it sums up. Oh, it. you double double dipping. <laughs> you right. had a chance and you picked one, Jeff. You picked number one. He was <laughs> no. very clear. Yeah. No, it's. A,
2: we'll, give, we'll give Jeff the last word. Jeff, Jeff just just it's the KG veteran, you have the last word on this one, Jeff.
0: Uh, to really sum it up. Um, the worst truth is not that Tony was wrong, but that Tony was wronged. He and every other fan of space sims, space shooters, and space games were wronged in the latter half of the last decade when the powers that be of video game makers arbitrarily decided to turn away from space games. At least those not based on Star Trek, Star Wars, or Halo. Never mind that almost since we've had computers that among the first computer games were Space War and Star Trek and later Space Invaders. The foundation of Star Citizen is built on disapproving the powers that be that we really do want an awesome space sim. Had the powers that be kept up their development from free space, homeworld, masters of Orion, star control, etc., imagine where we would have been instead of having so much lost time so much potential squandered. Imagine Star Citizen multiplied many times over. Yep. Uh, I'm playing Elite Dangerous and have a great time. Here's the I'm thing. We're in a resurgence. A
1: there was a drought. There was a horrible drought. And we got some X games and we got by and we played the hell out of uh, Free Space and then Free Space Open because we had to get by and now we have kind of a good thing going on. Like it's...
0: There's a lot of space well, games I, played, I'll I tell played, you why I, I think, played jump Ga- I played Jumpgate for 12 years for, right know, but you uh, had to
1: right? We didn't have six yeah. games to play at the time. So here's yeah. the thing. this is why I think this happened. We've got for the first time an industry that is indie accessible. So the games that are getting made are the kind of games people want, not the games kind of games that marketers thought they could sell 10 years ago. So the nerds that are building the games are building the kind of games they want. people freaking like them. And guess what? We win, and we don't need those marketers deci- deciding what we can build anymore because we have access to our audience, and we can sell our games if we make them. I think that's great.
2: I think I'm going to ban the M word. What? Marketing. Why? I think I'm just going to ban it. <laughs> because, I'm, because the idea that... And and your point about indies being able to do this and uh, Steam and now uh, maybe Epic Games uh, and good old games, these other smaller uh, direct and Steam's not small, but the direct marketing ability, the direct connection to consumers, I think is the big change. And that was something that that uh, is a technological force that is independent of space sims. Uh, it just happened. Uh, but we've got a good environment now that Star Citizen deserves some credit for creating because... Uh, the run, runaway success. But as Lennon pointed out last week, that runaway success generated a lot of expectations. The people behind the project created a lot of other expectations that they maybe shouldn't have. And maybe a wiser wiser heads might have not created so many expectations. And here we are six years later, five years later, talking about those expectations. Waiting for them to be fulfilled still, and some of that is on us for our for our eyes uh, heads being in the clouds and our eyes big as saucers. Some of that's on the people creating the games and marketing them to people like us who were, you know, perhaps a little over enthusiastic. Um, uh, So there's some there's blame to be shared. Was I wronged? I don't think I was wronged. I just think that I was. Ready for a game like this, and it uh, it got me back into the, the types of games I played when I was a younger male person in college, where I didn't, uh, where the computers weren't as cool and I didn't have as much resources and that kind of stuff to play those games as the way that maybe I could have or would have enjoyed to. But we're here now, five years later. I'm playing elite dangerous and avorion and loving them and i'm uh, playing uh, uh, other indie games um, objects in space was great i mean i'm still i still fire that up every once in a while lots of smaller games that aren't star citizen that asked a lot less of me that demanded a lot less of me uh, and were delivered much quicker that's where I'm at right now that's where i am I still do the show every week because I like talking to my friends, and I think that the development of Star Citizen is still interesting, just not for the reasons that I got started in it. Pringle
3: writes in and says, The faithful spin yarn, their plot armor fits perfect. Cozy mansion moat.
2: Another haiku, and implacable and impenetrable as always. I'm trying to figure it out.
3: I don't know, it sounds more like an, a, a, a Game of Thrones dig
2: than it does... A, Star it could be. The plot armor reference is yeah. good. Yeah. That's because that's for damn sure. Uh, that's not, boy, we do the, we can just do another whole game of podcast, Tony rant. Uh, and of course, our opinions they, they could,
3: will all be completely void on Sunday anyway, which is.
2: Uh, yeah, they're going to be something amazing and they're going to fix it all, it right? All. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Are. Exactly. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> they done
1: uh, effed it up. It's all right. They got their money. They're out. Silverwolf writes in, Ha ha, show was definitely missing its pro Star Citizen side this show. Not personally a fan of the tumbrel ranger, but I can certainly see the appeal of it. I'll leave the Batman references alone because, let's be honest, hashtag Tony is right.
2: I gotta gotta give credit here. Uh, I gotta give credit here where credit is due. That's actually from Skiffy. Skiffy was the one that pointed out in the chat that it was the Batman motorcycle. I just piggybacked off him, so i got to give him some credit there.
1: Regarding conversation following my feedback from last show, I do agree that CI might have done better by deciding from the beginning to split Squadron 42 and Persistent Universe into completely separate titles to help mitigate the scope creep. However, we also have to remember that in the beginning the concept was to make the two completely merged, with seamless transition between the game types at will. Scope creep of both, and the development problems this led to, brought us to the now two completely separate titles we see today. I think if Chris had the option, his vision would still be for the two to be joined at the hip, with the prior described seamless transitions. Not sure how they're handling that now. Brian, you heard anything on that front? Uh, the original plan, but they were always separate games. But I think I know what he means here.
3: The original plan was uh, Squadron Forty Two was like the intro game for Star Citizen. Like you played Star Squadron Forty Two, and then you played Star Citizen. Um, but you know they were always kind of supposed to be separate. And I think they realized that that's not a good way to do it because um, people aren't going to just play one and then play the other. Um, and then and then so that I think the current. Philosophy here is that you can play Star Citizen or Squadron Forty Two, which in any any order you want, right? But as you play through Squadron Forty Two, depending on how you well you do, you earn like reputation badges or like uh, role playing badges or however you want to you term it, some tokens in, in in as you're playing through the missions. And if you stop halfway through and you go to this, the persistent universe, those tokens persist with you. Right, and certain people and certain things will react to you based on the tur- tokens you've earned so far in Squadron 42. This this lets you do a couple of things, um, lets you play through Squadron 42 at your own pace, and the world will, then the persistent universe will react to you, you know, based on whether you've completed the game or not. And um, it, they're really unclear on the on like how the tokens uh, would necessarily work. I think this is all going to be TBD, or they, they haven't, they haven't shared the plan with us. But I think the general idea is that if you do better in Squadron 42, or if you take certain paths, certain people are going to behave a little bit different for you in the persistent universe. So if 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 you go back and do better in Squadron 42, you can improve those relationships in some way in the persistent universe as well. So you can go back and replay missions and things like that in order to get effects in the in the PU.
2: Uh, and let's remember that uh, this joined at the hipness or separateness was a big part of the Crytek lawsuit because the original license was for one game and accompanying DLC which is why that was the way it was Uh, so uh, and with the lawsuit heading towards settlement I believe uh, that may no longer be an issue uh, but at least at the time uh, at least up through 2018 uh, there was only supposed to be one game and a add-on pack. And whichever one was the game, whichever one was the add-on pack, I guess, you know, could be open to interpretation.
1: As to the Citizen Contes, the three things I can think of would be, A, the Anvil Carrick playable, B, explorer-oriented gameplay elements such as additional scanner options, extension of the mining scanner systems, perhaps, or C, wormhole travel. I'm hoping for at least one of the three, preferably all three. Would love to finally take my Carrick out for a spin. As always, great show, lads.
3: Yeah, I, I'm gonna echo Silverworth Wolf a little bit here and disagree with what um, Tony said last week, specifically that there's no <gasps> chance no. Of, of wormhole travel. Now, I, I'm oh. definitely not gonna think they're gonna have an extra system fleshed out, but I don't think it's out of scope to say, to have a to 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 both preview and potentially schedule the introduction of a wormhole with a other system, right? I don't think that's a that's that tall of an order. Cause really from Star Citizens perspective, it's just another level. All 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 the wormhole thing does is it's a level transition mechanic, right? It's a wait screen that is interactive. That's not a technically hard thing. Right, and they already kind of have that to a degree.
2: I think it always just put a big sandworm in there.
1: Yeah, space sandworm and the wormhole. Yeah, space and Chris sandworm. could program it himself. Yeah, personally. I mean, they, 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 they they've, they've shown
3: off previses of the of the wormhole stuff at the like
2: twenty fourteen
3: oh, yeah. South by Southwest, I think.
2: I've been around a long time. I remember the first time they tried the quantum travelings with the <laughs> Hornet, Hornet fighter plane and they'd fly through a tunnel and wee it was fun. Yeah. So,
3: I, you know, I think this is this is another thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, they might not do it, but there's really nothing keeping them from, from adding that system in there. I mean, in terms of the systems they have to actually, they have to do for the final game, the wormholes is probably... is is probably middle middling complexity compared to some of them
0: in my opinion alec turner writes in and says another great show and yes i finally caught up on the subject of, of star citizen i'm not a game developer and i really appreciate the thoughts of anyone who is but here's what i don't get about star citizen whenever i watch star citizen gameplay videos such as the following is this one fair it seems fair And then he provides a YouTube link. It seems so damn flaky. Is it possible to keep building more and more and more on top of fundamentally flaky in terms of frame rate and clipping and glitchiness and all that stuff? Basic game performance and then revisit that stuff later to make it solid. Surely you need to get the core engine stable first and then build on it later. I, or therefore, like Frontier doing with Elite, question mark. Uh, YouTube, writing on games, and then another YouTube link. Can I answer some of that?
1: I mean, I I think he's just got a misunderstanding of kind of how software comes together. And things do kind of get implemented in a way that, hey, this works, my character walks around, and then you can add some more, some better animation down the road. It's not... It's not like you're pushing things off that you're going to have to deal with later. It's just part of building on a foundation. And the things that you're talking about that seem like they're not a solid foundation, things like a crash here and there or a bad frame rate, it's still on a solid foundation. There's just bugs to work out there. That's a normal thing for a game in this state, I think, to have those kind of issues. Um, I don't think that there's anything like wrong or broken with Star Citizen that they need to fix before they can move on. I think that's just kind of how, how software development works. Because your, your features always get better as you iterate on them and, and you revisit things and, and just changing the flight mechanic, things like that. You have to do it as the game evolves. So you'll see stuff like that. And that that behind the scenes too, not just the playable mechanics, but also the frame rate and stuff like that. That's being iterated on too. It's not like we're done, we know how to uh, flip an image to the screen so we're done working on the frame rate. That that's not the way well, it works.
0: Well, and heck, they're they're building their own own game tools
1: to build the game, which most studios do. I think not not like small indie guys, but I think most of the AAA guys do because you need custom tools for that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and 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 to be clear, so in terms of expertise here, Hen- Henry, you develop a couple of games on on your side. Um, yeah, for fun, but I
1: do software development too, like professionally. So yeah, I kind of know about that um just recently had experience with a job like that um working on a a piece of software for a long time and people seeing now as it's getting older how it's evolving and becoming more user-friendly because it's it's getting some time under its belt it's getting you know better as it goes so um you know i I totally see that and and i am not a game developer
3: um but I, i I have done software development quite a bit and written some indie gamey things that you will never see the light of day because they're too embarrassing <laughs> to show. Um, but my, my day job is actually in uh, embedded graphics hardware, and I have written a number of 3D engines and things like that. And I will say that in terms like performance, especially graphics performance and things like that, are typically the last thing that you deal with, right? You're working on features, um, Star Citizen, does do performance things, but that's because they're working on a live deployed build, right? It's Mm -hmm. for our benefit typically, or for um, like one of the recent things they've run into, they run into a performance issue because the RAM usage was too high, so they can no longer run on their server hardware. So they have to do a performance sprint in order to get the performance down so they can keep doing server development.
1: But see, Tony laughs, but that's not a funny thing. That's that's an, that's an part of developing and discovering things that you've implemented something that is too resource-intensive and you need to reoptimize. That's That's not yeah. weird. You know, that's no, a thing that's going to happen. Just,
2: yeah, it's just, I'm going back to their definition of alpha, and it would be neat to have all your features in, in an alpha state so you have sort of an overall budget, and then you can spend your beta period.
1: And this is why it's mismanaged, because in order to do that, you have to have that feature list complete before you can implement a complete set of features, and the feature list continues to change, because the CEO wants to do his own programming, apparently. I didn't know that was going on. I think that's a bad idea. But well, He's always done it, by the way, just to be clear. As it just as, seems oh. like a bad idea. Maybe I'm so being a jerk. May, no, so he's consistently doing bad things. Maybe I'm being a jerk about it. It just seems uh, to me like with the thing not coming out and feature creep being a problem, someone who is in charge of manning should be able to say, Guy, let God, Let's get back on track. Well, let's, let's not spend six months doing a sandworm for Citizen Con this year that nobody's going to see again until twenty twenty. Sandworm was
3: like, I'm pretty sure his idea. Um, uh,
1: yeah, the, it was. I remember people complaining about how it interrupted their development schedule, and there was no payoff for it.
3: But but you know you got to think about this. Like, what Chris Roberts has like guys right for for most of the the individual elements. Like, what is his job right? Uh, his, his job is, 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 is over them but at the same time it's not necessarily it's, it's as much time as, as he doesn't want to hire somebody else to do those other pieces right like persistent universe game development that's all Tony Zarevic right like all the tech lead stuff he's got like guys for every one of those things if he thinks something is technically important enough to deserve his attention and he is a fairly accomplished engineer himself then you know why not you know dig in there who knows what percentage of his time that
1: is? Because there are obviously problems with management, because it's not done, and because the features keep changing. So it seems to me like, the, and and I know Tony has mentioned this on the podcast a number of times that somebody needs to tell Chris no, get on task. That that may you be know? true. I, and, I, and I, I don't that's know that's just what I feel like. That's all. I feel like I feel like the guy should be working on that. If it was a smaller project and it was him and three guys in their afternoons trying to put this out, yeah, dude should be programming. But he's got so much money now, that he should be making sure the project is on rails. And it's not on rails, and until that's done, you don't get to take, like, the jobs that you want to do. You know, I own a business, if I want to print something, because it's gonna be fun, I'll go out and do it myself. If I want to give it to somebody else, I'll let them do it. But if I'm real busy, and it's gonna be slower for me to go do it, I'd be a jerk to go print the thing I wanted to print, instead of let the fast guy do it. You know, I feel like, I feel like you gotta, you gotta be in charge and keep things on course, and then you can go do what you wanna do be involved how you want to be involved, but you got to get things on course first.
2: Wearchul writes it and says, thanks for the show. Public transportation's too slow. I may take the bus one way, but definitely won't take it round trip. Any thoughts on why it doesn't travel nightly? I'm more interested in being able to collect Guardian mats vs. space combat. Your RPG segment is collecting too many Chekhov's grenades on the mantle. Best start throwing some. I don't That'll know what that come means. in the next session. Nice reference. So that, nice it, reference. It, yeah, this is very good. Check off handgun. It's a uh, in a play. There's a handgun on the mantelpiece in Act One, and everyone sort of like comments on it. And then in Act Three, it goes off and kills somebody, right? So the rule is, if you show a handgun in a play, it has to come into play later on. It has to you know do something later on. Reuse character was sticky fingers and picked up some grenades. You know, so we're let her something, huh? Yeah, we're, f- we're foreshadowing some grenade action that's going to happen.
0: It says Returning Patreon, but I don't see a name, so I guess we don't have a Returning Patreon.
3: His name is Returning Patreon. That's ah. his first and last name.
0: And
2: our community question. How mad are you about the HUD colors in Elite Dangerous? Do you plan on installing the hack just to change your radar picture? And otherwise, how is was the show. Are we hacking the Gibson and hiding behind seven proxies? Or have we emailed our passwords to Russian hackers? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord.
3: And that brings us to the end of episode 261 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 262 on May 28th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com.
0: We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Copy-Pasting for Valis Slowmaster. Our artist, Ben, sometimes replies to Messages Sanders. And, of course, our audio engineer hit squad, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks
2: to our syndication partner, The Bass. And a special thanks to Ronald Jenkies for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkies.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely.
0: Reduce
2: Sorry, I have a problem here. Um, but it's better. Okay.
3: Uh, right. And don't forget about our Ancestuous Sister Productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. N- n-
2: n- <laughs> you can think that, and Game of Thrones might have made it cool for a while, but Game of Thrones now sucks, so we can't make jokes like that anymore. It Fine.
3: It. <laughs> you know, if it's pronounced wyvern, then it goes better with quivering. And so... I think that's probably why they would say it like that. Anyway.
2: Are you are you high? Are you high? <laughs> are you, I'm, I'm, are you yeah, I, I are the know. influence of <laughs> recreational pharmaceuticals of some it, kind? It, I mean, if
3: I was writing, if I was writing a fantasy book, I would try to find an opportunity to slip in quivering. Quivery
2: Oh my god. <laughs> I, mean,
3: <laughs> I mean, it's just common sense, really. Ah, beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But I was just telling Henry before we went on the air that they were. Uh, you know, I was telling. I was telling. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! Hold on, just a second.
1: God, you guys. All right, I have a cat that's going to run across and mess up our document. Please stop. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's a
3: big pussy, Henry. That's a big pussy, Henry. Her
1: name is Quivering Wyvern. <laughs> <laughs> That's her name. <clears throat> I've been calling her that for seconds. I mean, a long time. Um, that's what I named my ship after, actually. The Quivering Wyvern. Silverwolf writes in. He named his cat the Quivering Wyvern, too. Tony is raising his hand. I think he wants me to shut up.
2: If no one's listening out there, the deep back. <laughs> the deep back. <laughs> the deep back end gets a pretty lonely you know, you know, you know, you know, I, I started I started correcting it and I didn't I didn't I missed the part that that got changed too okay. <laughs> oh yeah it's-